Hi, this is Lynette Nylander, host of NTS Radio's new podcast, Sounds and Style. Each week, I'll be chatting with some of culture's most influential figures, exploring how music and style links what we wear with who we are. Expect deep cuts into musical genres and fashion subcultures as my guests and I look at how the music they love has informed the work they make today. This season, I've been chatting with Lily Allen, Martine Rose, Mel Ottenberg, and many more. New episodes drop every Wednesday wherever you get your podcasts. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to another episode of Digging with Flow. Today we're gardening with a legendary musician from Los Angeles. She's worn many hats in her lifetime, leaving the US in 1983 to move to Northern England, where she married bandmate Mark E. Smith and toured the country as the guitarist of The Fall. My mother said to me, never let being a woman stop you from doing anything and never let anyone tell you that you can't do something because you're a woman. And I thought, well, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to play that guitar. I'm going to play it so well that people will close their eyes and they won't know whether I'm a man or a woman and it won't matter because I'm a player. I'm going to play with the boys. I'm going to play till my hands bleed. I'm not going to be limp-wristed or prissy or super feminine. I'm going to go out there and rip their heads off. And that's what I did. Some might know her more for her later work in fashion and television. I remember watching her on Gox Fashion Fix, which was part of a mid-2000s era of television that I'm very fond of. I love this about her, that she straddles multiple worlds. She has bona fide punk credentials alongside high camp fabulousness. Now playing in a new band, she made time in her extremely busy touring schedule to have us over for some container planting. This week we're off the plot and onto the beautiful East London rooftop of our guest. She's very funny, razor sharp, and was extremely welcoming. I had such a brilliant, surreal afternoon planting tomatoes with her. This week, we're digging with Bricks Smith. Hello, pup. Gladys. Yeah, so I've got 
If you can hear um, weird snorting sounds, it's not my um, respiratory function. <laughs> it's my 15-year-old black pug, Gladys. She's lovely. So I did not know what this podcast was. I have to be really honest here. I thought we were going to talk about plants, but I didn't realize we were going to plant. <laughs> Over lockdown, I got really into gardening in terms of growing medicinal plants. I'm not going to say what medicinal plants, but <laughs> medicinal plants, all forms of medicinal plants. Um, and I had the greatest joy of germinating them from the seed, buying the seeds, germinating them, watching them come with their first little shoots, nurturing them with just the right of sunlight and water and the right temperature and this and that, and taking them outside to have a sun bath and take them inside at night. And, you know, it gave me such satisfaction to grow something from a seed. I've never had children. For me, my songs are my children, and they really are because they're the things that have come out of me. Mm. They are parts of me. So, I, But I understand the seed thing. Mm. <laughs> so, yeah. Mm. So, like, let's get dirty. I haven't sworn yet, or maybe just once, but I have a, the mouth of a truck driver. Remember, I was in the fall for, like, on and off 16 years. When you're in a band with men, which I am now in a band with women now, but I still swear. But I learned to swear like a truck driver. Would you like to do the tomatoes or the peas? Um... I would like to do... Is there any skill set difference? No, okay. not really. So One gets dug a little bit deeper. That's it. The tomatoes, I presume, go deeper. Yes. Okay. So I would like the satisfaction of doing the tomatoes simply for my husband so that my hands could have raised what will go in his mouth. Let's do peas in this one, tomatoes in this one. Okay. Let's get some compost in. This is so good because I'm like having a gardening lesson. I bet. Okay, so wait, let me do oh, this Oh, sorry, one. yeah, you do oh, this This one. is my turn. Yeah, these so, are yours. And I'll get you another empty bag. empty the full Monty into here. Yep, whole bag of compost going straight in. A whole bag of compost, let me tell you, it's multi-purpose and it's a, it says 10 liters on the outside if you need a measurement <laughs> to go in the lug. Ooh, there's another one. You can tell that you've done TV before. Really? Oh, yes, you're pro. So my hands are going into the dirt. I'm going to smell it and tell you what I smell. Mmm. It smells soily. Yeah, it's a very clean soil smell. It's mid-brown to dark brown. Yes, I love it. So when you do this sort of, like, sensory thing, so mm. do you get a, another sense? What I get is the sound that it's making to my... in. To my head so what this sound of this color of earth it's a very very deep shimmering almost like a tibetan gong by the way this is the funnest podcast i've ever done oh good i'm yeah. glad <laughs> i mean this is the big, literally the best one ever <laughs> okay I definitely want to talk about what you're up to at the moment. I've seen you've been touring with the new record, and, and, that's, and that's great. Um, but I wondered if we could start a little bit earlier on in your life. Yes. Because you're originally from L.A., correct? Correct, correct. And you ended up somehow in Prestwich. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I'm keen to hear what that was like for you at that time. So I grew up in L.A. in the 60s and in the 70s, and it was a magical time there. A really creative time, amazing to be growing up in that era of music, which was hugely inspirational. My mom got divorced, remarried, moved to Chicago. I lived half and half between Chicago and L.A. I did not like Chicago at the time, but I do like it now. 
And then I went to college for a year and a half, I formed a band, which is really, I never thought I would be a musician. I thought I would definitely be an actress. That's what I was going to do, or a writer. So I did a like theater literature major, but ended up going, all I want to do is play music and taught myself. And then formed a band at school. And really from the very first show that we played at school, people were like, oh my God, wow. you need to be doing this for real. Why are you even at school? This, you've like written extraordinary songs and I didn't even know what I was doing, but it just felt right. So I was like, you know what? That's what life is about. It's about following your dreams and living it. Who says I have to go the traditional route, even though my parents were huge intellectuals and were horrified that I left college, but I did. I was in a really interesting school called Bennington, where I was, and it's a very small liberal arts college in Vermont. And in my class, I was in an extraordinary class, and it's very, very tiny, only 600 people in the entire college, including graduate school. So I was in a class with Donna Tart, Brett Easton Ellis, Jill Eisenstadt, and Jonathan Lethem, yeah. and me, and all of us were influential in each other's careers. So I'm in loads of Brett's books as a <gasps> character called Vanden, Vanden, who's like a musician. Then I've written about some of Brett's books in my music, and Donna's done cartoons. You know, we're all interconnected from being hot house together. So I left very early to follow my dreams, and they were all like gobsmacked, but within three months I'd met the fall and then heard the music I'd written when I was at Bennington and basically got brought over here at a just turned 20 and moved to Prestwich with Mark Smith fell madly in love and weirdly instead of doing my own solo stuff which is what I'm doing now and which is always meant to do I joined the fall he asked for some of the songs that I'd written to go on to perverted by language and it, it turned out there was one song on at Hotel Bladell and people loved it and I just got sort of integrated into that band and that's how it all started. It's wild. But from going from my life in America to Prestwich, being an upper middle class Jewish girl, moving to Manchester to a working class northern town in the early 80s was for sure a culture shock. Manchester is very different now than it was then, but then it was incredibly Victorian, dark, provincial. It was difficult to get anything done. It wasn't like America where you could have everything at your fingertips. This was like literally going back in time. You know, I mean, at first when I got there, I, you know, there was no internet, this pre-internet, pre-smartphones, everything, 83, this was 83. So I had no idea what Manchester was like. I'd been to London once. I went there blind and my mother said, I, I don't know, but I think it's a kind of depressing place. And I said, oh, I don't care, mom, because I'll be doing what I love. So I like went and literally after about one day of adjustment, I began to only see the really good things about it. And also, I mean, you were in love, I guess. And I, that helps. I, yeah, that, that certainly takes the edge off it. <laughs> and But I was, not only was I in love, but I was doing what I've dreamt of doing and what I wanted to do. As a person, as an individual, as, a, as an artist, I was following my dream. I was in another country. I was playing in one of the most extraordinary bands that has ever crossed this earth. And I knew it. And I grew as an artist and a writer and I was accepted into it. And as hard as it was, because it wasn't easy, we was grafting, we had to tour to eat. 
you know, we were not rich. You know, our flat was 20 quid a week and there were springs coming out of the rented furniture. It was harsh. And we were on the road all the time. But I was doing what I loved and I, I was playing music and music saves you. Like the energy and the vibration and the feeling of the audience and the satisfaction of writing the songs and then having it then recording them and having it come out on record and having it go on the radio is just magic mm, electric yeah what kind of music were you listening to at that time when you got interested in pursuing music full-time and, and really songwriting what kind of things were what on your radar well at that exact time i was a massive joy division fan so i was an anglophile so like joy division the clash the Buzzcocks, The Cure, Susie, like all that kind of stuff. Um, obviously the Americans, like the Ramones and uh, Blondie, they were super influential to me in terms of their songwriting and just, just the way they were. And really, you know, there were very few women. And the Pretenders, I love Chrissy Hine. She's such a great writer. My mother said to me, never let being a woman stop you from doing anything and let, never let anyone tell you that you can't do something because you're a woman. And I thought, well, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to play that guitar. I'm going to play it so well that people will close their eyes and they won't know whether I'm a man or a woman and it won't matter because I'm a player. I'm going to play with the boys. I'm going to play till my hands bleed. I'm not going to be limp-wristed or prissy or super feminine. I'm going to go out there and rip their heads off. And that's what I did. <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it must have been uh in some ways it's like a, a very a very challenging time to be a woman in music in that era but in some ways it must have been exciting in that sort of existing in that dichotomy so again i believed although i was judged and horrifically judged mm. ju judged for being mark's wife you know oh she can't have talent she's just like a piece of eye candy whatever Judged for being a woman, they automatically assume you can't play. Here's the thing. Being judged was actually a good thing because I knew that being a woman was in fact my superpower because I had something that they didn't have and I could approach things from a different angle and a whole different vibe because I'm wired differently. Yeah. And so being a woman was my superpower and I thought, you know what? That's right. Underestimate me. You know, I'll show you. Mm. And you can, you can think I'm a stupid blonde. You can put me in whatever stupid category you want, but I'll annihilate you. Mm. <laughs> I'm smarter than you are. And uh, I'm just going to keep doing what I love. And you can just live in your judgment. And so I ignored it and just focused on all the good things and, you know, tried my best to, like, change their minds, which pretty happened quickly. So pretty yeah. quickly, a couple of years. I bet. Did you feel pressure to sort of style yourself in a certain way or did that ever not affect you? So I love clothes and I love fashion, as you might know from my career. And I have a photographic memory for colour and a very acute synesthesia, which means that every single colour I see, every colour makes a sound. So the whole world is noisy to me and every colour makes a sound and then I can turn it sometimes so every sound makes a colour. So I can listen to music and see a complete light show in my head. It's funny, it, when I hear you talk about synesthesia and music and fashion in sort of one breath, it makes sense how you've had this quite... When you sort of read a Wikipedia page or, you know, you sort of boil someone down to their achievements, it can seem like a... 
surprise that someone from The Fall and that sort of punk thing would then be on Gox Fashion Fix. But, I mean, it, it also makes complete sense. It, again, people would look at the Wikipedia page and judge me and go, mm. why, why is she jumping from one thing to the next? But all of it's interconnected and all of it gives me pleasure. And at the end of the day, life is about living and following your joy. What else is the point? And if I can make a living doing what I love, that is success. Absolutely. And nobody else can judge that but me. Because if I'm not being creative, I'm miserable. We should garden something. Oh, gosh, yes. With tomatoes, you bury them up to their bottom stem, so it's where the first leaf is. I've never seen this really before, but below the very first shoot of leaf mm-hmm. is an interesting furry stem. I know, and I think, I think, I don't know, but I think that might be to do with why you plant them so low. It looks like little hairs, like silver hairs at the bottom of the tomato plant stem, and I've never seen that before. Well, you won't be seeing it for long because they're going to be buried in there. No, I know, but it's quite interesting to look at it. It's lovely. Yeah, nature is cool. Okay. Okay, let me get my piece. And uh, just for for reference for the listeners, in case they're, you know, fascinated to know how these peas are going in, it's the same thing. I'm making two rows of these petit bois. Again, not too close together, but these grow all interconnected together. These little tendrils, they'll hook onto the thing that we make, oh but they hook onto each God, other as well. Oh, my God, so... The tendrils are so gorgeous. They are beautiful. They look like something out of Star Trek. Yeah, they're gorgeous. You know? Yeah. Do you remember that? You probably don't, because it's so postmodern and old, but maybe if you go back and, like, look at old Star Trek episodes, there's this one episode where they land on this incredible planet and Mr. Spock who normally has shows no emotion sees the most incredible looking plant and he goes over to this plant and he looks down and the plant shoots its spores into his face and all of a sudden Mr. Spock feels love for the first time and sees the world as a beautiful place and it completely changes his, his outlook and he falls in love with somebody and for once you see an emotion I've never seen oh Star my god Trek. it's genius it's absolutely genius. But everybody tells me. And I think the, and, it's a show that I would love. Well, it's completely visionary because loads of of the the things in that show, the, like the the inventions, like communicator phones, like TVs where you see each other, none of that ever existed. No one ever even thought it would exist. And they were. He was like a visionary. It was a completely psychically guided show. Sick. So interesting. That's so cool. Yeah, I love it when people do that. Channel. They don't even know what they're doing. It's amazing. Maybe he did. I don't know. Gene Roddenberry. Yeah, maybe he was tapped into something. I Well, every artist is tapped into something. I was going to ask you about songwriting. Yeah. So is that something that you were ever sort of, you know, formally taught? Or no. it just came to you? came to me. How it came to me, and I'm talking about I was really young. Yeah. Like seven. My mom worked, and I would, during the summer, I had to go to summer camp, and I went to this camp called... Big Rock Ranch in Malibu. And the hippie bus driver would pick us up in like a camper van and pick up all the kids in my neighborhood and drive us out to Malibu. On the way in the van, he would have the radio playing, obviously, like the local station KHJ, which is weirdly referenced on my new album because that's where it all started for me. And during that summer, it was a massive hits by The Carpenters and Carol King and James Taylor. And I would hear the same songs every day because they were on the playlist. 
and I would come home at night. I would look forward to get in the car just to hear the songs. And I'd come home at night and I'd wake up in the night and I'd have the entire song in my head. All the words, all the notes, everything. And I thought, what is this magic that you can hear something and then remember all of it at completely different time? The infection of the songwriting, I thought was a true power. So I just started writing poetry and rhyming and started to listen to commercials and jingles and things. And I can remember all the commercials from growing up. Like you could say, you know, Alka-Seltzer, I go pop, pop, fizz, fizz, oh, what a relief. Like literally I can remember everything. And I just thought songwriting's magic. And do you like writing songs with other people? I love it. Do you? Yeah. And you're writing songs with other people at the moment, or is this record all just you? This record is me and youth. Ah, yes. So we wrote it all together. So he wrote the music, and I wrote the uh, top line, the melodies, the lyrics. I find that actually my, although I can write music fine, good, I can write good music, but my skill set is the lyrics and the melody and the hooks. That's what I do best. So you could hand me the blandest thing, and I could turn it into something great. Do you listen to lots of music still now? Yeah, but I'm not like, sometimes I'll go back to things that I, I, I need for inspiration. Sometimes I listen to new stuff that just comes across my plate. And um, there's very few new stuff that I think is really incredible. But th- this mm. year I was lucky enough, not lucky enough, honored to be um, one of the judges at the Ivor Novello Awards. I was on the panel that judged Album of the Year. It was all fun. It was great. It was an honor to be included as a songwriter amongst those people. Yeah, that's brilliant. Yeah, so I, I felt like, uh, actually, achievement. Let me just move these so they're not making rustles. I love you. I love you, plant. <laughs> oh, my God. I love you. Yeah, exactly what you're doing is good. So you okay. want to... Fill the soil in sort of so it goes all the way around and pack them in quite nicely. Mm-hmm. If it's, it doesn't matter if it's on the top of the plant just yet. Oh, right. Yeah, you'll probably bury it a bit more when we add more. Right. See what I mean? Because what we're going to do in a sec is take the pots out, turn them upside down, extricate the plants. Extricate? Extricate. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> extricate the plants and put them back in. Is that even the correct use of that word? I don't know, but my band before this one was called Bricks and the Extricated. Oh, of course. Yeah. I'm like, extricate. I like that word. Oh, what a perfect segue. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But um, now I've got, my band is called Bricksmith, and I've got, uh, it's an all-female band, my touring band. The album's a solo album, Valley of the Dolls, which was really based on that time in L.A. But my touring band is all women, so I've got Deb Googe from Thurston Moore and My Bloody Valentine, Jen Macro from My Bloody Valentine and Hurtling, and a new drummer called Lisa Lux from the garage band the Priscilla's we're kind of like an all-female super group so we're just out on the road now and it we're having the best time great playing with women it's a whole different energy I mean such great players all of them and they really have my back and the energy it's just so lovely traveling being together one time during we were touring with public image and the old guitarist is not with us anymore got COVID right in the middle of a massive tour of big, big venues. We were like, oh my God, we've never played as a four piece. I would have to pick up the guitar and relearn all the parts. And what are we going to do? So Deb was like, don't worry. I will get out the DPDSX, which is this programming thing. And I will get some of 
the parts from the album to put on there so we can cover that. And she just totally nailed it. We did it all in the back of the van, got to Norwich where the gig was, and just, it was incredible with a four-piece. So now we are a four-piece. If something breaks, like an amp or whatever, they're like, oh, just do that. Like, Deb's father was like an electrical engineer, so pluggery is in her soul. And so it's just incredible working with them. And then Jeb said, hey, I think you need some guitar pedals because I'm like kind of a purist and never used, I would use like a distortion pedal and that's it. She made me a bespoke plug board for me. So I have absolutely everything I need at my feet and it's just changed my life. So working with them has been a, a revelation. So I'm holding the plant upside down now. I slip the bottom off. I can see the entire root network in the shape of the cup, which is very interesting. I'm smelling it again. Now uh, this time, it smells like vegetation. Let me tell you what it smells like. It smells exactly like bean sprouts. <laughs> okay. What does it sound like? It's whispering. It's not yelling. I mean, mostly the, when, I, when I see the color and hear the sound, most of the sounds are percussive. They're not melodic. This sounds like I'm gonna name drop somebody. And in a way I am, but it's an important thing to say. So a couple weeks ago, I was at an event at Brian Eno's place. And Brian Eno, I don't know if you know this, created the most incredible turntable and sound system. And it's colored. So as you play, the whole thing like lights up and changes in a different color spectrum. It just keeps morphing. I said to him, he had one in the place where we were. And I said, look, have you set the colors to go on a certain spectrum? Is it a repeating thing? Like whatever, whatever, you know, asking him all these nerdy questions. And then we started talking about synesthesia. And I said, you know, I know you have it. You must have it. And then he turned to me, he goes, yeah, Bricks, you know, sometimes I'm listening, I'm making a record and I think, I need to add more yellow in. And I'm like, exactly. Wow. Exactly. As, it's, as someone that doesn't have it, it's so unimaginable. It's like the gateways in your like brain are open instead of shut. I reckon quite a lot of people do, but they're just not aware. <sighs> yeah, I feel like mine are pretty closed. I, I think it's- you're not. Because of what you do and you understand plants, I would say they're open. Okay. And I would say you need to quiet your mind to hear what's happening because my gut instinct would be there's a lot going on in your mind a lot of times. You need to do some real meditation. I really do. Where, where you just stop. And then in the quiet place, you just tune in and you use a sense like I just did with the smell. Mm as your vehicle to get you there. Mm. So maybe that works for you, the smelling of something or the tasting of something or just looking at the color and letting free floating thoughts go into your mind. Mm. And then listen to the quietness of what it's saying to you because it won't scream at you. You'll have to pick it out. It takes practice. Of course it does, but mm. you I know you have it. Yeah. I can tell. Yeah. And probably you just need to hear it from me to help you to get to that place. I'm yeah. like a guide person. I'm here to bring all you young ones through and teach you how to be fabulous witches. I'm going to sniff this one. Yes, sniff it. See if I get anything. <laughs> Hi. 
Oh, I'm kind of getting... I just get memories, I Ooh, think. Oh, see? Yeah. You've got a sense memory. Yeah. From childhood? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, okay. That was, that was very satisfying. See? That's it. You've done it. I just, I never sniffed the roots before. All right. So scent is so important because scent mm. is one of the most important and strongest senses we have. It's our animal instinct. That, that's a whole nother beast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this, this one is like, yeah, this one is a druid. <laughs> it is of the earth. Yeah. <laughs> How hard do I push them down? Now you want to push. You want to be firm with them now because okay, they need firm. to know that this is where they're going. This live. is where you're going to live. Go in yeah, there. Yeah, they need Get to be in happy. your house because this guy's yeah. looking a little bit sad. Yeah, so he needs to be really mushed in. Okay. And then this one is going to go in here. My peas are in. I need to back you down. Okay. I think are you out of your hole. Yes. Okay. We'll Only up to your first shoot. Do not bury that. Oh, did you have breakage? Dear, oh dear. Oh, no, he's good. He's okay. good. Yeah, he's in. Show yourself. Oh, your white hairs are showing. I'm sure you want to show your white hairs. It's like showing your underwear. <laughs> <laughs> At least you're wearing some. Yeah, unlike me. No, I'm just kidding. No, I swear to God. I am wearing some. I'll prove it to you. I'm going to, like, like, I know I made a joke about going commando, but look. Purple okay. knickers, everybody. Okay. Pants verified. With the peas, yeah. they, because of their little tendrils, they'll naturally reach out and find the, the sticks. But I really want to... Do you think I can use um, this branch that you have here? You can use anything you want. Okay, there are no rules. I told you that. Um, <laughs> let me break this. If we had another one of these, that would actually be perfect, this little twig. Oh, I'm sure there's tons. Yeah, let's find it. And not only that, I give you permission to climb into my neighbor's yard <laughs> and find more. But if you go in here, oh, you'll have a plethora of twigs. You just step and down they're there. They're not, uh, not home. Of course not. And okay. if they are, you just say, Bricks told me to get something. And guess what? They'll say, We love Bricks. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so now I'm just breaking and entering into a stranger's home to find a twig. And that's one. Oh my God, please don't be home. This is terrifying. I don't know these people, and I really hope that they're not home. This is not what I was expecting. Oh my goodness. Am I gonna break off this twig from their tree? God, are they off their home? Yeah, okay, they're not home. Okay, twig acquired. There you go. Got plenty. Waste not, want not. Yeah. They're never gonna notice. Yeah. yeah, until they hear the podcast. Okay, there's one, two, three. You need one more. And then we are pretty much, and then we water them. Yeah. And then they're good to go. <laughs> oh, perfect. Yeah. They're, I'm filling the watering can now, <laughs> just so you know, if you can, in case you thought maybe I was just having like, what do they call it at the BBC? Um, a comfort break. Okay. Last thing to do for your tomatoes is just to tie them in. Okay, good. So best technique is you want to tie them quite high up, just so you have to do it less, really, because if you tied it here, yeah, you have to tie it again. Yeah. So tie it sort of at the top split, wrap it round, cross the string like that. Okay. Stops it from rubbing against the plant, and then just tie it onto the branch. And then I'm going to water in my peas a little bit. Okay. 
And how saturated should you? Um, when you're first watering them in, yes. after you've transplanted something, you want to be quite generous with the water. Okay. Because it just really helps them adjust. Then after, they don't need a ton of water really, especially things in containers need to be watered more often than things in the ground. Um, but you don't have to go so crazy. I wonder what would happen if you did scientific experiments. I know this is really crazy. I really I don't want the police to come to my door and it's not like I have any of this anyway. But what if you like dropped a few drops of like liquid LSD into the, <laughs> into the water? What would happen to the plants and how would it affect them? Probably something good, I think, would happen. Could you imagine if they started to grow psychedelic colors? Yeah, or they're just yeah. really well. Or they did really well, mm. or you ate like the peas and all of a sudden... You're tripping. Tripping. Amazing. <sighs> Maybe we're on something. Look how nice they look. Yeah, they're looking great. I'm, pl I'm very pleased with these peas. And with these tomatoes, they look good. I'll just say thank you so much for having us today, Briggs. Oh, it's my pleasure. I really would like to invite you back later in the summer to see how our produce is doing. That was just so satisfying. What a lovely start to the day. Thank you for listening to Digging. If you enjoyed this podcast, please rate and review us on the podcast app that you're using. It really helps more people to discover the pod. To stay up to date with new episodes, you can also subscribe to get the newest episode in your podcast feed straight away. Digging is an NTS podcast presented by me, Flo Dill. Produced by Lizzie King with sound recording and editing by Sam Stone and mixing by Felix Stock. Special thanks to the amazing cleaners from Venus for the music. This podcast was made possible thanks to NTS supporters. Become a supporter today for access to additional podcast content, live track lists when listening to NTS radio, access to supporter-only Discord and newsletter and store discount. 50% of supporter proceeds go direct to NTS resident DJs. Find out more at nts.live slash supporters. Yes. Uh.